Hello and welcome to Rise of Humanity. I am your host, Chris Karamaya. And for today's episode, I'm very pleased to be joined by my guest, Judy Cochran. Judy is a hypnotherapist and author of the book, 11 Days, What a Family Gains When Losing the American Dream, which details her family's incredible journey going from 35 million to food stamps and the amazing unfolding of events that took place from there, including a miraculous 11 days in Santa Barbara. Judy is on an awesome journey of self-discovery and is doing wonderful work in sharing the wisdom she has gained along the way to help others to align with their journey in greater ways. So, Judy, it's wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, um, have you been doing some energy clearing around the house over the weekend. I saw that you got a, uh, a massive smudge collection on Instagram. <laughs> Did you see my Insta story? Yes. Um, and for my readers, I thought that was funny because I, you know, y'all know about the fire I accidentally mm. started as a kid, but yes, I have been doing some clearing. Yeah. That's, I, I love just kind of neutralizing the energy. Mm. And I imagine, well, that's great for being a, productive when you've got a lot of uh, stuff going on as you have exactly exactly yeah. awesome so let's um dive into the book what an incredible <laughs> amazing book <laughs> completely uh just uh, blew away um all yeah, the expectations I, I, I had before. <laughs> I have to say that I love that we have not even talked. So what's so fun for me is to talk to somebody right after they read it when it's fresh. And yes. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what you what your takeaway was. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, so much. Definitely, it's kind of like a. A divine timing thing obviously the, the fact that that book came to me but I think mm. I mean off the top of my head the, the biggest biggest thing was um, and obviously we'll get into this but the the length of the challenge that you faced mm-hmm. uh, and just that it wasn't going to be some you know six months 12 months challenge and then you know you'd kind of meditate your way through and it'd be over it was literally like just just this phenomenal challenge yeah. and that was so liberating for me because it's taking me well I perceive that it's taken me years to really align with my journey and when I read that you know the length of time that it was taking going to take you to move through this it was just like this huge weight just fell off and I was like just <laughs> embrace where you are today and uh you mm. There's going to be plenty of challenges along the way, but it's not, life's not, even even five years isn't necessarily a long time in a life journey. So for me, that was the, probably the number one most liberating thing of just uh, embracing the, uh, the, the journey, really. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, and that has been coming up a lot. And I think the reason why this book is really taking off is because of exactly that. I think that I didn't go on an 11 day journey and then come home and write about it. It took me a decade to let that 11 days really sink in and work. And I had to own that 
before mm-hmm. I could write about it. And I think that's why it's, it's resonating with people. You know, I took my time, but, and I do, I do love the hope um, that it's bringing people because, you know, sometimes when you do go through, whether it's a health crisis, financial crisis, a, a relationship crisis, um, we want it to be over right away. And the, you know, there are no, and I say this in the book, it's not about a happy ending. I, I figured that out. It's not about a happy ending. It's about the middle. And, um, mm. that, you know, yeah. So I love that you brought that up. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just trying, even though it's life is challenging, um, just embracing the, like I said, the middle, embracing the, the richness of the experience, even if it is turbulent, mm. because really that's where all the, uh, the incredible growth occurs, isn't it? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, and the thing is in the book, I write about, um, in the beginning, I said, well, you know what? It serves us right for losing 35 million and going to food stamps. You know, we wanted to climb that high. We risked it all. It serves us right. And I, and I kind of was being, you know, really critical of thyself. And then once I went on that 11 days, I sat and you know what happened there, but I got quiet and I started listening. And I was like, what if all the rotten circumstances in our life, right, as they are right now, and all of them from the past did serve us right, but in a divine way, like in a a good way? Why why does it have to be nasty? Um, And so I started looking at the past with love and I started finding greater understanding in myself, others, and the circumstance. And I realized, my God, this could actually divinely serve me right if I would just allow it. If I would just allow it. I had been questioning why everything was happening. Why did people do this? Why did I do that? Why Why did this happen? Why did the economy crash? You know, um, then I thought, enough. What if I just pretended like this was all going to serve me right in some way. And it, it released me in a way from just pining over what was wrong with everything. And then I could finally start to think about what was right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's like such a huge shift. That's, I mean, yeah, since reading the book and things have, how things have changed for me over the last, just, I suppose the last month really profoundly is that we all the problems that we think we have really they're just a product of our own thinking and it's not really if you see it from a a, a big enough perspective really there is no there's no problem it's a divine thing as you said (laughs) yeah I think you know over the 11 day house sitting trip I got to meet um well I manifested amazing people you know, whether that was a homeless guy or a, a, you know, the writing professor from the University mm. of Santa Barbara, I had them as kind of a mirror to look at me from an outsider perspective and go, you're fine. You're fine. Mm. <laughs> when I didn't think I was, you know, and I thought they were just all gifts, you know, they just plopped in my path at the right time. And, you know, I believe I probably had those kind of people coming in and out of my life for quite some time, but I wasn't really 
open or paying attention to it mm. until until that 11 days. Yeah, that's incredible. So mm -hmm. obviously, um, to get the full experience, you definitely have to read the book. But could you just create like a little bit of a uh, kind of overview or backstory of what led to the, the 35 million and, and the loss of that for just to create a bit of context for the listeners? Yeah, I mean, in a cliff note version, I would say, you know, when I'm trying to describe this book to other people, I'm like, well, if you've read Eat, Pray, Love or Wild, you know, um, and kind of like the the vibe of those memoirs, those true stories, um, this one isn't just about a woman. Uh, this is a, a woman, a wife, a mother, and uh, she's, you know, she's married to this college sweetheart and they build this life and they work their tails off to build it. And we got lucky in the end, sold a company for 90 million and it crashed around the time the telecommunication industry crashed. And so like a lot of people, we hit the dirt and um, we had three little kids, 11, nine and seven at the time. We had already been through so much and married for years and years um, that I thought the financial crash wouldn't be that rough, but it was. It, it lasted a long time. Like you said, it wasn't just six months and we popped into another job and was able to pay all the bills. It was, it was rough. And at that three-year mark where I was like, okay, the light at the end of the tunnel is another train coming our direction. Um, I was like, what in the hell? I'm into hypnotherapy, yoga, meditation. Can't, none of these tools were working for me. I was sick. I had acid reflux, bleeding ulcers. I, just, you know, I was a mess. And the marriage was just stressed. And he was in a driven panic mode to rebuild. And it just was like, I, I thought, you know what, I, I think I need to, I think this marriage might be over. We had already taken one big hit, which I talk about in the, the book. It's a popular uh, chapter. Um, <laughs> but I thought maybe we've learned enough. Maybe this marriage is just, you know, we both need to move on. And I ended up talking to an intuitive in Santa Barbara, and she told me probably the worst reading you could ever imagine. Basically, you're going to have this for another decade. And I don't know why, but I called her back right after the call, and I cautiously <laughs> asked if she knew anybody that might have a house-sitting gig that they need somebody to come and take care of animals, preferably animals, because I didn't have one at the time. And I thought I was going to my intention was to get something like this deal, a house sitting deal, get strong, do yoga, meditate, walk on the beach. And when I come back, I would leave Bill. And that's not what happened. I went and I, I soul searched like the rest of us do. And um, I ended up just really finding greater understanding of myself and how I operate and why I operate the way I do. And I started also finding a greater understanding of Bill, my husband, 
And then I started having a greater understanding of why our circumstances were the way they were. Started seeing my role and my responsibility in everything, in my own emotional, mental, and physical health, and in my health of my relationships, and in the health of the circumstances I was a part of putting us in. You know, I realized <clears throat> he sold the company for $90 million. That was his deal. But I pushed that. I wanted that. I want, I've always wanted financial security. I always wanted a Porsche. I wanted the mansion. Mm. I wanted everything that the freedom I thought would come with that brought. And so I was a part of everything. And so once I started dissecting my role and responsibility and everything that had been transforming in my life, I was like, huh, um, I am flossom, actually. I'm flawed and I'm also awesome in some respects. And I really, it's so cliche, but I really started to fall back in love with myself. And when I did that, I started falling back in love with Bill. And I started looking at my role and responsibility with the children. And I'm like, oh my God, the loves of my life. You know, like, what am I doing? I should not even, I shouldn't even be worried. You know, it's, again, it's not about that happy ending. It's about the middle. Um, I think what's happening too is, uh, I've gone off on a tangent, but what happens to my husband in the 11 days while he takes care of three children, which that was never his role to begin with, um, was equally transformational. And it's probably why half my Amazon reviews are from men. Mm. And they love that chapter called The Provider. And I highlight um, that... <laughs> Whoever's providing for the family financially, whoever that is, male or female, mom or dad, um, they're not just that. They're not just the debit card. They're a soul first. And once I started honoring Bill's soulful intention and his mission in this world, it was a the provider thing went out the window. And I was like, yeah, we have not been nurturing this provider in the right ways. Mm -hmm. too much pressure on the money, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, so in the end, I meet these beautiful people, which I never thought I, I had any plans to, I didn't even have plans to talk to people. My original thing was I was going to go and do the 11 days in silence. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that's not what happened. And, the people that I met were just angels that walk on the earth. They're, they're walking right past every one of us every day. And it's, you know, they may mm. seem ordinary, but they're gloriously extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I say in the epilogue, um, you know, this this marriage today is still a process. I don't see it as a happy ending. It's not always happy. Every day of our lives is not just, we're not sitting back going, isn't this amazing? Hmm. Most of the time we are, but it takes work, you know? And I use that term parallel and pretty 
for a marriage where, you know, you're just going along, you look fine, everybody looks happy, um, but you're so busy, you're not connecting, you're just parallel. And um, so we still do that from time to time. And we allow ourselves to do it when we're really busy and we've got projects we want to complete. But then we come back, we come back, we spend a Sunday where we reconnect and we talk and we share feelings and, you know, we just reconnect. It's important. And um, I think that one of the Amazon reviews said, well, that's the best 16 bucks on marriage therapy I've ever spent in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Part two is really about relationships, but um, yeah, I think the bottom line is you don't even need to read the book. Just connect for God's sake. Just, (laughs) oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, mentioned there about the provider kind mm-hmm. of energy that was a big thing that came up for me like when i when it all started to unravel very quick because i'd around that time i'd been thinking a lot about like financial goals and i want to achieve this i want to achieve that and when it unraveled and you stood i think you stood in the kitchen talking when yeah. it all and after i read that it just uh, unearthed this huge, like, intense, uh, that, that pressure I, that <laughs> Bill had on him. I felt that in myself, even though it hadn't happened to me. And it was like a 24 hours of, like, pretty intense experience. And then I kind of released it within the, within the day. Mm-hmm. But that was really, I can absolutely uh, kind of relate um, to that, that yeah that pressure to succeed and provide it's definitely uh, something which is very prevalent today yeah. really oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's a whopper divine uh, uh lesson for us all i think you know mm. if we and I, and i am all for uh making money um mm-hmm. i think and I talk about it, I think in day 10, you know, when I'm on the street with gray, who's homeless, but he kind of fixed my scarcity, um, complex, uh, the poverty (laughs) mind. And I'm absolutely okay with making money. As a matter of fact, I'd like to, um, and I'm building things, but what drives me is what I'm really going to be providing on a more divine level. And I, I think the book is a perfect example. I sat down to write that book and a reader asked me right after I published it, she said, did you think about the readers in mind when you were writing that book? And I said, Oh hell no, 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 I couldn't. I was so immersed in it for me and I wasn't thinking about selling it. I was writing it to heal Mm. and the residual healing I knew I needed and that Bill and I needed and that the kids needed. And it just, because I stayed in that lane and I stayed true to doing the work I think that God wants me to do, um, now it's successful. And I have other writers that are reaching out to me and they're like, would you publish my book? Would you, cause I started my own publishing company and 
you know, I want to, I want to sell this. I want to sell this. And I said, don't worry about selling it. Just worry about writing it mm. with as much truth as you possibly can. And if it is meant to sell, it will, it will sell like wildfire. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and yeah, so I'm, I'm watching it with this, my own book. I had no intentions like that. And it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can see that it's, it's your calling. <laughs> it's just, uh, obviously it was a, I imagine it was a, an intense experience writing the book and I'm, I'm sure it was very challenging, but yeah, I mean, you can see it a mile away that it was, uh, yeah. Calling. <laughs> it was funny because there were times where I binge wrote this. I mean, I had no intentions of ever writing a book and, and so, but it, it got a hold of me and would not let me go. Um, and I just, I completely immersed myself and there were times where I would write for three days, not eat very much. Occasionally, you know, Bill would keep hard boiled eggs, bags of lettuce outside the door, you know, just to make sure in jugs of water. Um, and then once in a while, he'd come in and say, uh, you know, I think it's been three days. You may, you know, maybe a shower or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And another couple hours, I'll come out. <laughs> and, but there were times where I'd let it go for a few hours. I'd go back in, reread something that I had written at, you know, from 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning. And I would drop to my knees and I was like, oh my God, is this good? Or am I like, do I need to be checked in somewhere? <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's good. I think this is really good. Um, but my point of even bringing that up is I feel that I was divinely guided through this and my whole family and the kids, uh, my daughter is living in the house in Arizona that I wrote that book in and she does all of her homework in that main office bedroom that I used. And she said, mom, there's genius in the walls. There are genius in the walls here. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, there are. <laughs> special place oh, yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah so how has your um attitude towards self-care kind of transformed to all this because i mean one of the things that and you mentioned this about this in the book a bit but the fact that you embarked on that 11 day journey and you felt conflicted and there's people, you know, judging your decision. And I, but I think, and especially for women reading that, but I think it was such a, just an awesome expression of um, mm -hmm. self-care. And I think that will uh, definitely inspire a lot of women to come who read that book as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're coming out of the woodwork now. They're like, okay. You know, I've, I've just booked my four days. I just booked my 11 days. I just, um, yeah, I'm on to some, I probably should be connecting with the Hyatt or something or a cruise, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm such a 
big fan of taking that time. And as you know, I did have one friend that was rejecting the idea mm. in whole, but um, I didn't listen to her. Thank God I didn't listen to her. Um, I literally uh, got so hounded by readers in a beautiful way. And they started asking amazing questions about, okay, now listen, if I did take a few days to myself, what would, what should my goals be if I go? And I don't know how to meditate and I don't know anything about crystals and I essential oils or anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. So for fun, I started a project about five months ago and it's a companion book to the 11 days book. And it's called Temporarily Closed for Self-Care and Spiritual Maintenance. And I'm literally uploading that. I uploaded it on Friday to my printer and I'm waiting for a approval. So I am days away from publishing that. And it's a guide. It's not a workbook. It's a guidebook. And it's it has some work stuff in it if you want to do it, but it's not pushy or preachy. It's a really comprehensive guidebook. And I'm delighted to say that I've given it to really uh, well-practiced spiritual seekers just to see if they would think this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I've given it to brand new beginners and I am really digging the response. So I'm, I'm quietly confident that uh, this is going to be a huge help for others. And even practitioners that are doing, you know, all kinds of body work and stuff like that. It's a great reminder. And I basically dumped, you know, 30 years of my alternative healthcare lifestyles and practices and all the things I've been certified in. And, um, and I just put it all in 180 pages. And it's like this glossy, beautiful magazine with amazing art and color inside of it. So I'm thrilled about that. Um, and, but I am a huge, um, I'm pushing self-care because you know what, if we, if we're wigging out, we know how we are with our kids. It's not good. You know, you're not serving them. You're not providing them with what you're really meant to provide. If, if you're not calm and um, centered in some way, and I don't care if it's you golf, you know, then play tennis, whatever it is, work out, um, do it. Just we have to have, find some kind of a practice that we stay true to. Yeah, and yeah, stay true to keep it going because that's the that's the magic, yeah. really, isn't it? Taking it with you wherever you go, kind of thing. And, and here's even some more deeper magic to that. I'm, I love the quote, everything in moderation, including moderation. So feel free to whatever your practice is, if you go off of it for a month or two, let's not beat the crap out of ourselves over it. You know, mm -hmm. let it go. Just start again, begin again. It's no big deal. Just, it happens. We're all busy. We get sidetracked. Um, but when you start getting signs, like you're snapping at people or you're snapping at, you're not even being nice to yourself, um, then just quiet down, take a look at what's going on in your life and then begin your practice again, you know? Mm, yeah. 
that's great advice yeah yeah and you don't I mean like retreats are, and stuff are awesome but it is you don't have to be yeah or do that to find some 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 level of uh in a piece um i mean they're definitely awesome i mean the whole the 11 days what it kind of uh it felt like to me it, it almost was a retreat for you wasn't it really i mean yeah and it really was yeah and it's the magic of those things and i see that from reading the book that you experienced that is when you're out of an environment that you so kind of over identified with it re reminds you of who you think you are you wake up every day you think the same thoughts you see the same people you, you do the mm. same things and it makes it very difficult to change but that's I suppose yeah well kind of core yeah. magic of that 11 days yeah that was it was the best thing ever to go somewhere where nobody knew my name nobody knew who I was I mean, at that point in Tucson, we were in the newspaper all the time. Everybody knew about us. We were like the most interesting reality show taking a dive. You know, I mean, it was just embarrassing. It was, it was humbling. It was like, just get me out of here. Just get me out of here. Um, but I have a guy that reached out to me two weeks ago and he read the book after his wife read it, she begged him to. And he wrote me this amazing email. And he said, um, I just want you to know that the biggest takeaway is we have three little kids too. He's a master provider, he said. So he's like a hedge fund guy. And um, he said, I never thought of myself as a different kind of provider, like one that's more important, like, like the dad that's present, the mm -hmm. husband that pays attention to his wife on a date night, you know, rather than just brings her a tennis bracelet full of diamonds. And, um, he said, so we made a deal and I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. And I said, we went back and forth and he said, we, uh, we now are going to take every quarter. So he's a finance guy. He thinks in quarters, <laughs> every quarter, they're going to take time apart and he's not going to go on a fishing trip with his buddies or Vegas or whatever. He's going to go by himself and he's going to go somewhere where it's quiet so he can listen to himself. And then he's going to stay home, watch the kids. And then she's going to go somewhere by herself. And it might be a yoga, you know, weekend or, or not. It might just be a hotel near a beach somewhere. Um, but I thought, oh man, that's going to be... That's a healthy couple right there. Mm. That's that's going to be the ticket, I think. So yeah. I'm, I'm pushing people for that too. Just take time by yourself, even if it's in your own home. Try to empty everybody out and see if you can get an hour or a day or a weekend alone. Mm. But yeah, yeah that's uh, amazing advice. Definitely. Uh, recommend that as well and yeah it just um brings you back to the core of existence really doesn't it and like <laughs> obviously you had your yes. 11 days and talking about bills as well um and the the bit that I always sticks out in my mind is when he's having I think he's having the water fight with the kids in the garden and 
the lawyer comes to the door and he just says, um, I'm done. I'm going back to basics. I haven't got all the money in the world to fix all these problems and pay for therapy and retreats, but I've got my, uh, got yes. my family and that's, that's, that connection's all that, uh, life yeah. is all that matters. I, was, I loved that bit. It was quite, quite moving for me. Oh yeah. I love, well, it's funny that you say that my three kids, that's their favorite chapter, of course. <laughs> um, because that's where it's not that they didn't connect with Bill before then. They did, but it was different. And once he set aside that whole old traditional definition of provider and he understood what he really was there to provide, um, everything changed for them. And uh, to this day, you know, it's it's enriched their lives. Um both the boys are working with him in a business in Dallas and Nicole is 21. That's our baby. And, um, she literally was on the phone with him a couple weeks ago and, um, talking in depth about love and relationships. And, and I was like, that's interesting. That would be more my kind of conversation. You know, I'm like, mm, yeah. funny that she didn't come to me, but I was like, no, it's not funny. They, they've been working on this relationship a long time, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, every dad has this potential and, and opportunity, but it's, you know, it's not really, uh, mainstream, mm. yeah. but I, you know, I'd like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely you said you got a lot of reviews from, from men coming in and I think, um, yeah. it's, um, there's definitely some hugely, powerful lessons in the book and I think yeah a lot of the more men that read it the better really <laughs> I know it's, I know one of the men said oh my god you're the feminist I've been waiting my whole life for <laughs> because I'm fair you know I'm I'm tough and I'll um I'll hold you accountable I'll ask you to see your role and responsibility in things as I will see it for myself but I'm also you know I loved every bit of every flawed person. I mean, it, we come flawed. We come with, you know, we're not supposed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think men have been kind of backed into a corner for a long time. We don't really let them, we don't really want them to feel anything. <laughs> we just mm -hmm. want them to, you know, put put the you know blinders on and go. <laughs> uh, do what we say. Uh, but when we tell them we'd like to see who they really are, it just, it just opens the floodgates. And, yeah. uh, when I came home after that 11 days, I was like, I need, I need you to tell me who you are today, you know, and where you want to go. And, and I can help you from there, but I, you know, you get mm. to be you, you know, you don't have to be what I need you to be mm. pressures off. Yeah, that's such a mm -hmm. awesome um, energy to to have in a relationship. I mean, that's just like just creates the the space for yeah, just a lasting uh, loving relationship. Yeah. Really, it's very powerful. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you know, it's our story, and it's thirty five million, and it's you know, it's, but it's um, 
Bill said it in the very beginning to a reader. He said, it's our story, but you will find yours in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what's happening. And at the end, um, you walk away with a spring in your step, not for us or for anything about us. It's almost the whole thing isn't about us, I think, at the end. It's about them. It's about their families. And, um, you know, it's, we can all relate. We can all relate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's such a like, multi-layered experience. And there's definitely some things that everyone will find in there. If, you know, if mm-hmm. some more than others, such a, just such a rich experience. That it doesn't matter. I mean, I haven't got any kids or anything, but I was still uh, just reading it and yeah. just relating all the way through, really. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I had a, um, a psychotherapist who has, like, she just purchased 30 books. So she's giving these to her clients. <laughs> um, I said, Why? You know, now I'm really curious about that. I can see a life coach. I can see, you know, um, a counselor. Um, but why a psych- psychotherapist? And she said, you have a scale of emotions. And I said, oh, yeah, that's the Pisces in me, I think. Um, but she goes, you have a scale of emotions that gives other people the opportunity to observe it rather than feel every second of it. You know, you, we we get to observe it. But it also gives us permission to, if we want to put our toe in, we can feel it. Mm. We can let ourselves feel that scale of emotions. And she said, it's a really good exercise. And that's why she's buying the book. And I thought, oh, my God, that's so funny. Because I do have a lot of people that are, you know, they're sensitive, open, aware, emotional people that love it. And I knew they would. But I do have a lot of type A personalities that kind of don't share a lot with anyone and they're like they're digging this book (laughs) i think it's because you can read it in private you can feel all these things and you can still you you make it in the end you're fine you didn't die nobody got hurt um you know it's funny yeah yeah it's uh i mean yeah it's incredible i mean myself and all the readers just yeah so grateful for you to write the book and with the amount of detail and honesty and openness um it is definitely a unique experience Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever had a such a detailed insight into someone's journey before so that's pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) i know i was I was like, oh boy, you know, at the end of writing this, I thought, do I publish this? Um, Do I or don't I, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just sat with that a long time and um, thought, well, I'll get, I need permission, you know, from the family, these guys. I need permission from all three kids and also Bill Mm -hmm. and you know, he was so sweet. He, while I was writing it, he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to read anything. And I would write something, get excited about it, come downstairs to his office, which was another bedroom in our house. And I'd say, Bill, you have to read this. And he's like, no, I don't want to read it. 
And I'm like, no, you have to read it. It's good. It's funny. And then he's like, no, no, I don't want to touch it because I'm afraid I'm going to say something to like correct an actual scene or, you know, and I don't, I don't, you're in this groove. Like I, I know I'm not supposed to kick you out of this groove. I know that. So just when you're ready to publish it, after you have like some beta readers read it, you know, people that will kind of read it for content to see if it works, makes sense. Um, I'll read it after them. And I said, okay. And so he did. And that was, you know, you hear about that in the book, but um, that was tough. And he took all that in and uh, in a 12 hour period, I think 12 or 14 hours. And I, the look on his face was, oh dear God, you can't publish this. (laughs) And uh, I said, well, okay. Um, that was a lot of work, but all right. Okay. I think I can live with this. I will learn to live with it. I mean, if he, if he can't handle it, I can't, you know, I can't do it. Mm. And uh, about a half hour later, he came into my office and we were living in Dallas at the time. And he said, you have to do it. And I said, "Uh, I don't know. You ready? And he goes, I'm not ready, but I will be, but you have to do it. This is, it's so good. And it's, it's going to help people. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to help other families. And I said, I agree. I agree. I, I think you're right. Wow. So, yeah, it was, I'm glad I did it now. I'm just, I'm elated. Every day I'm getting new people signing up for email lists and sending me emails. I'm getting soy candles in the mail. I'm getting <laughs> gifts. It, it's the sweetest, the stories that are coming in. I literally can barely wear makeup during the day. I'm crying all the time. It's just of elation. I'm, I'm in pure joy mode. I, I'm just, I'm so glad I wrote this. Yeah. So me too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I mean, after everything that you went through and all the, the challenges, financial challenges, the family challenges and everything. I mean, I know you say it wasn't about the the happy ending. Was there ever, though, like a sense of completion? Like, did it ever feel like you'd completed that phase and now this is the new chapter of my life? Or has it just been kind of a just continuous flow, really? You know, something did. There was a completeness um, that happened when I wrote the last words in this book and it shook me. It really shook me. And I realized that that whole thing wasn't all the truth, you know, that I had been trying to find really wasn't done with me until I was done with that book. And I love that quote, the truth will set you free, but not until it is done with you. And I did drop to my knees when I was finished and I knew it was going to go to the editor and there was nothing more I could give this thing. It was, it was going to get as good as this was as good as it was going to get. And that's why I wrote the last words in the book and it is done because when you say that, you probably already know that, it's like 
you've given something, everything, the blood, the sweat, and the tears, and now you give it to God. You give it to the universe. And it was a handoff, and there was a strange, like, huh, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, I don't even... It's almost like I, I love talking about the book and all the stories in it, but I'm really complete. Like if nobody read this book, I would be okay with it because mm. there's a completeness with it that's, it healed me, you know? And so, yeah, I would say that's a first time after that 11 days and that 11 years, uh, <laughs> Because that was weird. Did you read that in the beginning? I sat down to write that thing, took out my little Santa Barbara box and all the American Express cards that got declined and our bankruptcy papers and all the moves we made, all the addresses we lived in. And I started reading all this and I realized the day I started writing this, it had been 11 years since the 11 days. We were living in our 11th house. <laughs> I mean, which we, we moved like gypsies cause we were so poor, you know, we're like, okay, kids get a hefty bag, put all your stuffed animals in it. We're leaving again. <laughs> um, and then on top of it, Bill was in his 11th job. Mm. So it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, so I would say, yeah, I felt a completeness yeah. when I finished that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome to talk about it as well. Like after after reading about it as well, so I know I couldn't wait to talk to you. Oh. It's been amazing. Yeah. So, um, so do you have plans for the future? Is writing kind of your focus now, or are you just? taking each yeah. day as it comes or you know i think i do have a plan um and i you know i started uh you know during the 11 days i mentioned remember the jewelry owner she mm. loved a bracelet i was wearing and i started selling her jewelry and then i designed that t-shirt for gray the homeless guy and then i ended up starting a from scratch. I mean, literally using like goodwill clothes from friends. I learned how to hand silk screen inspirational messages. And I would go to like events where Deepak Chopra and Dr. Wayne Dyer were speaking and I became friends with them. And, um, they kept saying, write the story, write the story. Mm -hmm. Cause I told them about the 11 days and they're like, get out from behind that damn table, Judy. And you know, <laughs> get up on the stage with us. And I'm like, I hate your jobs. I would never want to do that. <laughs> and they would laugh. But so for, for 15 years, I've been selling inspirational t-shirts and jewelry, and I've been making lines of t-shirts for like other famous authors like them. And it's a dream job and I love it and it's fun. And, but I put it on hold to write. And so I'm relaunching that in the next month or so. Nice. And I'm starting the second memoir, which is called Carry On. And um, that is a whopper. I'm probably 10 chapters into that one. 
But the tag tagline of that is the secret language lessons and the heart wrenching love a family experiences when a child endures addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, and fortunately, it is a true story about kind of what happens to us in the next 11 years. Mm-hmm. Things unfold with the my firstborn. He's fine now. Um, thank God. But uh, we had a rough, rough patch of that. So and um, I'm, I'm excited to write it. Uh, I I got a lot of people waiting for that one, and I don't know if it's going to make an impact. But uh, I'm praying that the geniuses in the walls (laughs) (laughs) help me along with that one because I'm going to need it on that one too. So yeah, that's but yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. I'm gonna. And I'm going to say yes to some speaking stuff, even though I don't want to do it. Um, I love the podcast radio stuff. That's fun. But I, yeah, I don't want to get up on stage, but I have a feeling I might, I might do it. So you, you did it in Santa Barbara singing. <laughs> so. I there. I can, I can do it again. Yeah. yeah. But I had a couple beers there, so that was different. <laughs> yeah. But, oh gosh. Yeah, I think you just uh I think you'll be great. I think you're just a walking inspiration. Like I think just people will just connect with you just whatever it is you're saying really. I just, just think it's it's just who you are. So I think you'll do amazing at what <laughs> at whatever you put out really. So Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's it's scary, mm-hmm. you know, doing things that uh you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> but... uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So would you um like share with the listeners and where they can find out more about you or find you online and how they can get uh, their hands on your book as well? Yes. Okay, so it's easy to get the book. That's on Amazon. And, um, it's called 11 days all spelled out and, uh, by JC Cochran. That's the author name on the front. And that temporarily closed for self-care and spiritual maintenance will be available soon too. And, um, I have a website, uh, it's a splash page right now, but it's going to be a full on website with many, many cool things. So, um, that is just www.jc and then Cochrane, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. And those are the easiest ways to find me and all my social media is on, on that website too. Awesome. And I'll, um, I'll put all these links in the show notes so people can get to that easily as well after they've uh, listened to the interview. Yes. Awesome. Great. <laughs> well, it's been a- absolute pleasure to have you on such a privilege and i just really uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing your your inspirational journey with the with the listeners and i wish you all the best going forward oh thank you chris i'm hoping the best for you too thank you (laughs) so that's all for today guys thank you so much for listening i highly highly recommend you grab a uh, copy of judy's incredible book 11 days as it will surely inspire you 
in some way in your life journey. And I will uh, make sure all the links to that are in the show notes uh, for you to check out. So thank you all so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.